Welcome back to the Coruscant Nights podcast. We're very happy to have you here again. My name is Cooper. Alongside me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And Jack. Good day, everyone. We are going to talk about episode seven of the Ahsoka series, the penultimate episode of what I think we're kind of assuming to be season one. We can dive into that a bit later. Uh, but as always, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Um, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We're very close to 100 subs. If we can get to 100 by the end of the year, we'd uh, really appreciate that. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio, rate the show five stars. That'd be greatly appreciated. And go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all social medias, all under at Chorus Nights. And of course, thanks to Ben and Nikita uh, for their support as our patrons. All right. So we're kind of not not divided, not as divided as last week, but we have differing opinions about episode seven, mm. uh, which was titled Dreams and Madness, by the way. I think that's kind of how we're all feeling. Some for some people, it was a bit of a dream. and For some people, it was uh, a bit mad. <laughs> so, Jack, would you like to start us off this week? Okay, so brief thoughts. I don't want to get too in-depth about how I like, like how the specifics of it. Um, overall, I thought this episode was nor perfect, but nor bad. It was it was just an average episode, in my opinion. I thought it was, it, it had some fun Star Wars elements in it. It had a lot of negative elements that I will talk about later. I just think as, I think the main issue that I had was, how it's the second last one of only an eight episode show thought it it didn't really develop from the previous ones as much leading to just kind of an episode, not like a really good one in my opinion. So that's just my brief thoughts. And that's why I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm still excited to see what the finale will be like though. So, yeah. Look, I mean, we've had some discussions about this prior, but I, I think you are being, I do understand what you mean about from the perspective of it, being an episode instead of part of the series but i think you're kind of being a bit harsh i think the way that all almost a lot of the loose ends are tied up in this episode uh well we get um um uh ahsoka finally coming through the galaxy that's probably the biggest Whoa. biggest thing and reuniting yeah, with ezra and now that's kind of progressing then through the next thing we've got conclusions for hera's mm, mini arc i guess you could say and I, they're setting up something for Balin and Shin. So I think overall, this episode was really good. I think it felt very similar to last week, but it had more stuff going on, which is why I think I made it more uh, made it more enjoyable. And I know Mark will uh, speak about um, Thrawn and Ezra and all the characters more in depth in his uh, brief bit. But just for me, I really liked it. I think. Jack, I know we just we've spoken about heaps. You being just a little bit too critical, but you know what? That's okay. Everyone's got their own opinions, and that's yours. But for me, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Well, I think for me, I'm again same as last week, a bit of a middleman between the two because I think I agree more with what Cooper said, but with Jack, I can agree that you know there wasn't. It's kind of you know the second last episode, and there's still not a whole lot. But what I have to say about that is I think I've essentially come to this mental conclusion that the season will end with Ahsoka's group and Thrawn's group both at least getting back to the normal galaxy, if not leaving the current one, and then therefore have 
I'm now viewing this season as like a bridge between like where we started and like another show or a movie that's coming. Hmm. So I don't really see much of an actual conclusion, if that makes sense. And I think that's why I think with, I agree with Cooper's point that it feels very similar to last week's episode, but I think I came out of watching this one feeling better than I did of last one. Like, if you remember with my Instagram reviews for anyone who's read them, last week I said it wasn't as good as I hoped, but it was still good. This episode, oh, maybe that was because I was waiting for Thrawn, but now that he's here, like, I think this episode, I feel like the subplots of, like, Sabine, Ahsoka, Thrawn, and Balan and Shin, to me, all felt good and well done in this episode. And that's probably the reason why I think I liked it better than last week. Ah. Wow. You cannot be happy with this episode. I'm dying inside. This, yeah. Okay, so let's progress into pauses. Yeah. yeah. Brief, very, very, very fast. <laughs> Look, this episode, I can't wait to talk about the negatives if you guys don't realise, if you're listening. <laughs> I just think people people like Cooper and even Mark saying that I'm being too critical. No, I wouldn't say that. No, okay, well, wouldn't like, say well, people like Cooper, for example, saying I'm too critical, right? Well, because I don't just sit on the fence about something. I'm not going to... I am grateful for Star Wars content, but I don't want it to just be the most basic, generic story from start to finish. This had no creative... Anyway, that's negative. Um, let me go into my <laughs> let me go into my positive. So positive, once again, this is kind of a known fact though. But like Thrawn, any any scene he's in, he just steals it. Good persona, good acting, good use of like the battleship kind of um, hologram thing. Like he's uh, planning out where he's gonna attack. Oh, that was cool. Um, loved how like Morgan's kind of been like like a side, kind of like a side <laughs> uh, leader yeah. now. Like he shuts, funny. shuts it down every time. I love it. Um, I really actually like the um, mines, the tracking mines on the, what, when um, Ahsoka came out of uh, hyperspace. Uh, I will talk. Yeah, I'm very, very specific stuff here because there's still so many more negatives that I have to mention, but I'm trying to, trying to avoid it. Um, positives. I think Iman does a great job at Ezra. But that's only the extent I can say with that because I have stuff to comment on that one later. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Oh my god. I. Uh, I guess. Okay. I oh, Hera. Hera's whole new republic yes. at the start. That was usually, as you guys would know, if you keep it up with us, when there's a new republic thing, I usually diss it instantly. However. <laughs> I actually thoroughly enjoyed it this time and thought it showed a lot more about who, like, every kind of, like, the way they kind of conduct their, uh, what's it called, their, like, court rule system. Yeah. And the I like the set design. I like, um, obviously, the cameo from C-3PO was really cool. Just neat. A neat cameo. Not really, like, too impactful to the story, but just yep. neat. Just neat stuff. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, guys. That's it's just about it. the positive. You know, that was probably a longer list than I was expecting, so that's yeah. that's not bad. Stretching there, stretching. <laughs> I, th- I think Mark and I can probably go a bit more in-depth about what we like. I'll, I'll probably go a bit more specific, Mark, if you want to... I mean, you sure, can... I've just got... Like. Mine are mainly just the story, parts yeah. of the story, so I think I'll just name parts of the story yeah. that I enjoyed. Sure. And I will first build off what Jack was saying with Hera, because I was the same. I wasn't really... 
Like when I saw the video description and I was like, oh, we're seeing more hair. I don't really want to see that. But considering it was only pretty much the intro to the episode, not only was it good that it was only a small portion, but I think it was also done really well, as Jack said, story-wise. And it reminded me a lot of Andor, probably because mm. Mon Mothma's was there. Mm. But I loved seeing, I can't remember his name, but there's that senator who's butting heads with everyone. <laughs> Is it yeah. Zeno? Yeah. yeah, I think that was it, yeah. And it reminded me of, I think I remember episode three or four, whichever one it was, with the hologram bit three. Yeah, so that, that part was, was fun and I found it interesting. And I think most people know that I find the sort of political side quite intriguing. So I'm just glad it wasn't like, you know, the Mando New Republic mm-hmm. scenes and it was more of an Andor sort of one. Yeah. Also, same thing with C-3PO. I thought that was good that we got to see him again. And I feel like his cameo, because we've said a few times with cameos that it seems like they're just kind of chucked in for the sake of being a cameo. But I think it makes sense story-wise that C-3PO was there. So on to Thrawn, not much to say apart from he was awesome as always. He felt like his normal rebel self, the cunning, plotting, overarching strategist of the villain side you know with the little hologram map sort of thing that jack mentioned that was a nice touch and i think this is again same as last week one of my most intriguing aspects of the plot is balan and shin because we still don't know what balan's up to and i i'm actually digging that because we're gonna hopefully find out next episode and i know jack was saying he wasn't a huge fan so this might actually be a negative for him but I think it makes sense that he that he, or he wasn't bothered that he sent Shin on her way because he's basically got what he needed from her. He's where he wants to be. And he's he understands her uh like what do you call it? Uh admiration, I guess, of the Imperials and, and wants to go join them, as Balin was saying. Sorry. But will, Sorry. Yeah, keep going. I will mention that the bit when she was fighting Ahsoka and all them, she seemed, when the stormtroopers were running off, she seemed a bit, you know, hesitant. Like, maybe she was intrigued by the, the light side or the Jedi. <laughs> Jack is clearly not liking this. <laughs> but I think that'll end me with my final point with just, I think the fight with the stormtroopers was really, 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 really cool. Like, it's not often that Jedi use the force as a weapon because I believe they're you know kind of instructed not to but seeing Ezra only use the force pretty much along with his martial arts I I, I just found that really 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 interesting like such so, like cool combos he's forcing them into the turtle houses I just thought that was awesome I, I agree with you, Mark, but I'm yeah. laughing. If you're not watching on YouTube, just go watch the first, like, five minutes and watch Jack's face. <laughs> Jack, I can tell Jack couldn't di- expressions. Jack can't disagree more with what I'm saying. I can't, I can't butt in because it's the positives. I'm, 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 I'm struggling. <laughs> I can't wait till he gets to the negatives and he just says all the things I just said as a positive. <laughs> So, my I liked your idea about Shin, but not not the sense that, like, trying to make her. I know the idea of being hesitant of becoming a Jedi or following Ahsoka, but almost the idea of what Balin he's got a use from her. Like, yes, she's I've, been useful I, up until this, a point. 
I said this to Jack as well that because he's obviously the whole time had this plan in his head that that's why he joined them as a mercenary, I suppose. And I think he's just seen potential in Shin as almost like a tool, but in a way that he still has like a mentor sort of relationship with her at the same time. I think he enjoys that sort of relationship, but he he can see that that Shin wants to. I can't remember the word that he used, but that she has this thing, this feeling that she wants to to join the throne and get it, you know, use have a lot of power with the hopefully for them new empire. Mm. And for him, while well, he's chasing whatever he wants, and he now knows that at this point he's on his own to get it. So he says, "I see what you want, and you should go get it." Do you reckon Shin? Because I'm just trying to think back through the season, unless there's obviously something else that has happened. Because I feel like Balin probably could have done a lot of the stuff without Shin. So I'm wondering yeah. if Shin is maybe not not more of a like tool yeah. for something specific, but more of like maybe a disguise for him, make him more. Compelling, it could be that as well, like because... to Thrawn and Morgan. Yes, that's true. Because if you actually remember, Thrawn says, "Where's Balin?" when the fight happens. So, yeah, that, that's true as well. He could be using her just to get Thrawn's trust and go into battle. And then once they're all distracted, he's going to go and do whatever it is he's after. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good um, analysis there. And I'm pretty sure, I think we'd probably be likely to get some answers next week, especially yes. about what Balin's doing. I'm really hoping. If they don't end whatever Balin's subplot is, I'm going to be kind of annoyed. But if they leave it on a cliffhanger, but kind of tell us what his plan is, I'll, I think I'll be all right with that. But if they end the season without saying or having any mention or any clue of what his grand plan is, I think I'm going to be a little bit annoyed with that. Yeah, I think I think most people would be because he's been mm. such a compelling character, and I mean the Star Wars community is pretty much just, falling in love with him. Just a shame that uh, well, rest in peace again as yeah. always. But hopefully. Hopefully, whatever the story is, that it can still be done. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I will touch on a couple of things that you've already said and a couple of things that uh, are my own thinking and probably some things you think as well. I know Jack hates Sabine in this show, but I thought that her chemistry, Natasha's chemistry with Aman as, as Ezra, was perfect. They just gelled so well even when they were just talking about what Ezra's missed out on uh like in the other galaxy I just it's it's so subdued but there's so much charisma between them and you can tell Jack's mentioned that um Ezra doesn't feel very mature but he's he hasn't had human company in a very long time mm. and this is probably what he remembers about it's he's trying to find the best of the life that he had and he's trying to get back to that. And I know Sabine, I know Sabine's a bit more mature, but I just think Ezra is basically almost slotting back into the life that he knows and the personality mm. that he used to have. Don't also need to have human interaction to mature. It's well, no, not necessarily, but in circumstances. I'm just saying, physical representation, yeah, clearly he's matured and aged. I just think yeah, the other way is he's almost just like they're trying to really emphasize his Ezra by giving him his qualities from when he was younger and like the common thief back in the day and stuff. So I'm just mm. like, I don't know, I don't know how yeah. I feel. No, that's that's fair. I mean, 
everyone is going to think differently. And I, I understand where your criticisms come from. Um, but in terms of what I feel, I think that, I mean, Aman is just a great actor overall. And I think, I mean, Natasha's done pretty good, but I obviously Dave's telling a story here. He, he's, he knows what he's doing. So we got to just hope for the best. Like what Mark said in one of his reviews, which got to trust, trust Dave Filoni's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, yeah. There's another cameo we didn't mention. Um, mm. not cameo really, but Anakin Skywalker yeah. shows up again in this episode. I thought it was actually a pretty good and meaningful contribution. It, I, I will say, I wished it was a Force Ghost rather mm. than a recording, yeah. but I think almost the sentiment is really nice that Anakin was thinking of Ahsoka and in times that he wasn't be- able to be there with her, that he was still there was still a way that he could be in that sense with the recordings. So I think that was quite nice. What I want to know about that is, had she seen them before? Was this her first time watching them all? No, I think I think she's seen them all before. It's more that she would have watched them when she was a kid too. I mm. think that now after seeing the Anakin from World Between Worlds, she's kind of accepted that he was a yeah. good master. He did end up turning back. It's not kind of like a... Uh, there's no self-pity about her not helping him you know, thinking that's her fault that he turned evil or anything. So now she's yeah. kind of facing him again from who he was before, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if he's going to show up next step. So I feel like it would almost not not detract from the story, but it kind of feels like that was probably it for him this season, at least. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, I said back yeah. in the episode five review, I'm happy if this is the last we see of Anakin. This same deal, I think nothing it was nothing major to like celebrate or like be concerned about it was just pretty good um i will just mention one more thing and then we can get into some negatives which i know jack's gonna have a have a ball (laughs) with i know i can't remember if you said i first of all the cinematography wasn't as great as last week there were a couple good shots the minefield scenes were awesome mm-hmm. i think as soon as the mouth opened to the whale and they started going out there's all this explosion at first i thought they were in like another war or something because of just <laughs> all the explosions but i thought that was really well done and then the whales jumping into space really looked good but the main thing i wanted to talk about was the choreography i thought it was fine i thought it was pretty good and i thought that the lightsaber jewels that we got um both with Ezra and Shin and Balin and Ahsoka were pretty good. I was There's... a big fan of them. Yeah, I mean, I I loved the little piano notes that played when Balin grabbed Ahsoka's fist. <laughs> that was that was awesome. And then obviously Ezra using the Force against Shin was uh was pretty pretty cool to see. And mm. I really think they put a lot of detail into that scene, especially when you look at where on the lightsaber the the effect is taking place because it like really dips down. I, don't, yeah. I hope you can understand what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. It, it, the photos on our thumbnail, you can, you can have a look there, but um, overall, I've already said great episode. Loved it. Um, But now I'll hand over to Jack because I'm sure he's been uh, chomping at the bit to, <laughs> to oh. say some things. Well, it's more like saying where to begin, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just let's go from start chronologically to the end. Oh God! <laughs> so, firstly, the plot-wise, this episode didn't progress anything that we already didn't know from the last episode. We just saw it visually instead of hearing about it. 
We already knew that Ahsoka was going to get attacked when she comes out of the Pergils. We knew Thrawn was going to end up doing his regular battlefield tactics. We knew Balin and Shin were going to go attack Ezra, even though Balin didn't anyway, but still the same premise. We already knew they were going to catch him up on speed. We knew Ahsoka was going to end up reuniting with Ezra. It's all just stuff that we already knew was going to happen, just happening in a generic and typical sense that you would assume. It wasn't anything different about this episode that didn't caught us off guard or anything. I thought it was so generic and so just to the formula of regular Star Wars stuff. For example, it's just like Ahsoka even hiding in the debris and stuff. We've seen so many Star Wars projects have the ship of the protagonist hide somewhere and then they get found out and there's another chase that pursues. It's just, I don't know, it's just nothing new that we haven't already seen. Next, I thought Balin and Shin's characters, I love them so much. In this episode, I thought they were just different to how they were portrayed in before. And this is where I heavily disagree with you guys about that. I showed Cooper the screenshot. Someone in the YouTube comments section said it perfectly, in my opinion. Episode 6, Balin. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to turn you into something greater than a Jedi. Episode 7, Balin. Bye. (laughs) It was five minutes. You didn't turn her into anything. You just sent her off and were like, yeah, I'm done. Like, no, you're just going back to the typical roots of a Sith Lord. They're not They're not meant to be Sith Lords. Why are we going back to the stereotypical Star Wars stuff? The first time we have Dark or Grey Jedi or whatever, and now they're just going back to the regular, yeah, get rid of the Apprentice, I want all this kind of power thing. You were just saying for the past episode, saying that these two are like, you know, they're fighting together, you know, it's a bit more of a better, closer dynamic, and then they sends her away. It's so, feels out of pocket to me. It doesn't feel natural. It feels like something that, Disney were just like, yep, let's stick to our safe guns, knowing that, you know, she will end up turning to the light side again, because we have to have bad characters turn good every two seconds. I will jump in there and say I do agree with that. If Shin turns to the good side, I will be annoyed. It's going to happen. She asked about the Jedi all the time. Ahsoka... It happens too much, and I feel like it's not in her character, because she's clearly after power. Mm. That's made that very clear. Yeah. And well, I think, I think the... Balin's given her the potential to go and get it. I'm going to throw a spanner into the works. Has she really shown that she wants power? She's kind of I'll... just followed Balin along. She hasn't I really shown has. any characterization. I think she's wanted to be a Jedi more because of all the Jedi questioning. She always asks Balin yeah. everything. Well, I, mean, I, no. I can't... I don't know the specific quotes because it's been a few weeks, but I do remember her asking quite a few times something about power. Balin was telling her about power. Yeah. And maybe she was just asking about the Jedi in the sense of she can get more power. Mm, yeah it's interesting anyway i just think that their characters were actually disserviced in this episode and leading on to balin i thought his shots were really cool with his music fight scene with ahsoka not necessary didn't need a rematch felt clunky i thought the cuts were a bit too too often and frequent in this one i also i know you mentioned how he grabs the lightsaber yeah it looks cool but also when she threw out that lightsaber and he grabs it it looked like there was no weight behind it at all either the music intensifies that kind of moment though um and I hate, I, I dislike how they're trying to act like Balin is theoretically, on paper, stronger than Ahsoka. No. And then you said, we don't know anything about Balin. But they can't just whack out of nowhere be like, oh, Bal- Balin trained with Yoda. He had this as his master. You know, this is why he's so powerful. Ahsoka is the apprentice of the most powerful chosen one in the in the galaxy. She should be, in theory, and she has been probably fighting more Force users than Balin has in this pastime. So there's no way in, in, in heck that Balin would be stronger than Ahsoka. Can I interject? Uh, okay. I almost feel like Ahsoka's... I don't know how you're going to take this. 
Ahsoka hasn't shown that she's a very physically strong lightsaber duelist. You literally beat Darth Maul. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider Darth Maul, like, ridiculously strong. I would say when you look at the strongest lightsaber duelers, I would say Darth Vader. And that's, I feel like... She also sparred with Anakin. That's Darth Vader. Yeah, no, but I'm not... And she also did spar with Darth Vader himself. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that she... That makes her not as strong. I'm just saying that I think in comparison to Balan Balan's very much and we made comments on this in episode four that he's got very heavy strikes like and there's a lot of weight behind and strength Mm. behind it ahsoka's more known for her quick like agility strikes with her lightsabers yeah if he's talking about physical strength then it was like there's no way you can beat me it wasn't like i'm stronger than you it was like you doesn't you know you can never beat me kind of thing it makes no sense. Ahsoka literally fought against Vader. Vader's mechanical everything overpowers Balin's any kind of physical strength. I'm sorry. I cannot agree with that on any level. I just thought, and then the way she just gets the ship to shoot on him and then she just runs away on the thing. I'm like, that's so, that's so that, lame. But, so yeah, it, it was lame, but I mean, that's what Hu Yang, that's what they've done a lot of times, obviously. So. What I find funny about that is I am, I feel like I'm the person that has always and would always say that seemed lame. But I don't know why, but in this case, to me, it just didn't seem lame. It seemed... It felt like it was just a forced rematch for no reason. It didn't have any consequence or anything really involved with it. There was nothing... That's the thing, over. They were just standing there at the same time kind of thing. It was. It felt so, so unimportant to have that. For me, I didn't feel like it felt forced. I was just more confused as to why she jumped to Balin and not to help the others. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It just... And then it, made, it would have made more sense if Ahsoka jumped in and then Balin's like, damn, i got to help Shin or something. Or, like, you know, mm-hmm. it might change the way he thinks. Either way, I did not like that at all either. Um, what else didn't I like about it? There's so many. Okay, let's get to the Sabine and Ezra kind of content. I, I'm sick of seeing these turtle people. Why are we having these chase scenes like Boba Fett? I know they look like <laughs> at least, but the, the fight scenes, everything to do with Ezra and Sabine in this bit felt like a Boba Fett fight scene in my opinion, and I did not like it whatsoever. Ezra not using the lightsaber is absolute baloney's because they're obviously building up for him to grab it and use it for some influential moment in the future, which is just once again plotting for the future rather than doing in the now. If he had that lightsaber there, boom, game over, all gone. Another thing I hate, stormtroopers. Oh, right? Hang on. If I just want to quickly jump in on that lightsaber point, if you don't mind. Yep. I'm, I'm 50-50 on that because I feel like he should have grabbed the lightsaber as well. But at the same time, I still found it cool how he managed to go through that fight. But I still think I would have preferred if he took and used the lightsaber. I also think his fighting, you say it was cool. I thought it was looked pretty weak in my opinion. He got tossed around by by Shin once too. And he, he I don't know, he just didn't look powerful. Well, the reason that he hasn't had to fight anyone, but you don't yeah. it's going to do the Obi-Wan style. Like, oh, I haven't used it for a bit. So I just lost all, you know, like I lost a bit of power and that. Come on, man, don't do this. Well, it could also be that he hasn't, one, got much experience, but two, in a long time, hasn't fought a force user. I'm sorry. I just, it's lazy writing to me. It's just, the fight scene looked pathetic, in my opinion. Sabine didn't look great with it. And also, you also had the Stormtroopers, right? Oh, wow, they're not called Stormtroopers. They're called Night Troopers. Let's see if they're any different. Oh, wait, they're exactly the same as the Stormtroopers. Wow, what a good diverting of subverting of expectations so lame so bad are, are you yeah. referring to the fact that you thought they might have been boosted by the night sisters or oh, boosted or just different like maybe even just more accurate aim they look just as bad as the regular storm why not call them stormtroopers then 
Like, oh, if they are resurrected, then you'll think that would have some sort of power from the yeah. night. If it was something like that, then yeah, it makes sense. But I, 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 I just thought of him as normal stormtroopers the whole time. They're building him up to look cool and visit. Okay, so they visibly look different. Wow, that's so unique and different. Wow, good job, good job, Disney. I'm just saying, it's just. It feels like everything in this episode was by the book, copy and pasted from every other Star Wars project we've had and just mixed into this. This was a penultimate episode and it didn't leave us being, it just ended with them hugging basically. And I'm just like, we've had this re- re- reunion stuff before, cool mm. reunion, but why is it just, it's basically ended from where the last one ended. It hasn't progressed from the last one. Yeah, that's true. Extension. This is just an extension of episode um, six. Have them together then. And this is, I know Cooper wants the button quickly, but let me just say this last thing. I think we have to acknowledge that um, uh, what's it called? Like this show would be almost done better if it was a whole one to eight binge because a lot of these are not good separate on their own. They're better to like together mixed. And I think mm. one week suffers, and and it suffered. I think for this episode, in my opinion, it made it made me just not like it was not even as good as the other ones in comparison to me, and it just belittled kind of what it was trying to do. Or if it was animated. And Slash had more episodes. Exactly. I agree completely with that. Now, like, yes, it had the Rebels feel. Yes, it was kind of fun. It just, it doesn't make sense in an eight-episode live-action show, which costs so much money. You can't really have filler stuff. And it's also towards literally the end of the season, which was meant to be a limited show. So, like, mm. even if they are doing a season two, they're just going to change that up now, obviously, because they're trying to do a Marvel and plan for the future rather than in now and have... Yeah. It's just so many negatives in this episode, like this rehashing, rehashing. Yes, we like the Star Wars tropes. That's why we watch Star Wars. But I'm like, every other episode had Star Wars tropes, but done uniquely and not what we haven't seen before. This just felt like it was by the book. Just didn't, didn't, didn't like it. Didn't like it. It was just fair average. enough. Fair enough. You it is I mean? fair I, enough. It's just I don't know. I, I... It's, you might be saying I'm too harsh, but all those negatives at least you can understand where I'm coming from because it's like, I think a lot of people just like to overlook them sometimes just because we're so grateful for this content and Star Wars in general, which I agree upon. It's just, why would I limit my own opinions based around that? You know what I mean? I think people shouldn't do that. Like it's good to be critical and it's also good to praise, but I think this is not worthy of above average closing to uh, like being close to 10 out of 10. You gotta be joking. Like we've had so many like better rebel episodes on our own Clone Wars episodes. You know what I mean? I just think we're being too lenient at some points in time and too scared to voice the criticalness of an episode in general. I think that's my take on it. I don't know about the too scared bit. Uh, People too, you know, because nowadays when you criticise Star Wars, you just get grouped into the fandom that, you know, they all just hate everything Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. So, like, for example, I'm not worried about that. So, I'm like... I literally love all Star Wars still, even yeah. like more than no offense, you Mark, where you want to, you know, uncanonize the sequels. I don't go that far, but you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. See, we all we all are critical in our own way. I, I wanna uncanon the sequels. It's not even having high expectations as people might believe of this show. I just thought this played it so safe. And yes, playing it safe could be good for pure enjoyment purposes only, but for like when you go back and rewatch it one to eight episodes, unless the finale somehow blows our mind out the water, does subverting expectations, goes for a long time, ends all these storylines. But it just, yeah, just felt a bit lackluster and not really the embodiment of ending the season, in my opinion. And it, and it left me a bit, left me a bit sad, not angry about, because I still believe in, I still believe in Filoni and I like to see the end of the vision. Right. And I still love aspects of all these episodes. It just, I thought the other ones were just so much superior in every way. Like CGI-ness was, I think, not great. Thought 
jumping at the plane, obviously, I've already mentioned that, even though the wolf riding didn't look as great as I thought it, mm. the others did. So just little stuff like that adds together. And and we all know on this on this uh, podcast that I'm an avid fan of cinematography and plot, and I thought they were the weakest in this, aside from episode three. If you guys have seen my rating anyway, I know the ratings change because I'm doing it just for individually. However, I think this is still better than episode three because I thought three was more of just a filler, action-y episode when this still kind of had a link to the last one. So I think it's my second least favorite of the show so far. That's my negatives. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to give you a round of applause, but you certainly pretty much said everything about the episode. Said my case. Said my case. And tried Uh, to back yeah, well, you did. Yeah, um, Mark, do you want to tell us? I don't think I think I added all my stuff in between when Jack was talking. Okay. So. Well, I was gonna say I feel like Jack's pretty much nailed a lot of what I didn't like a lot. I, yeah. Yes. I, I think one thing that Jack and I did speak about before the episode is that, and this is almost similar to what we're saying about Boba Fett, that some of the moments did feel a bit fan fictiony. So. Mm the actual bit where the stormtroopers night troopers sorry um circle the caravans yeah. i'm going to call them caravans uh, that felt like very robert Rod- not robert robert rodriguez in episode 6 of mandalorian season two. where where boba fett and fennec shand are fending off the stormtroopers just felt very similar just it doesn't look and i i my issue with that episode in The Mandalorian was because of the landscape. It just looked like so, like something you could go to if you walked 20 minutes up a mountain or something. Yeah, I was talking to Cooper about it. That's literally what I, uh, the other reason that I discussed with him. I said, we, in Star Wars, we're so used to seeing these all different kinds. Of, I know they rely on CGI and, deep, and um, uh, blue screen, green screen, but it, you want to see those unique planets. You don't want to be like, like, for example, the fight where Balin and Ahsoka fought was just another grassy thing, like, like you find in Scotland. You know what I mean? Like... Like, I just, it doesn't feel sci-fi in that element of the landscape. It just felt like a regular country town with a bit of gloomy clouds. Like, how is that, how is that different? You know what I mean? Like, mm. no. Yeah. Um, I just so, don't, I, I just don't know what else could be done. Well, we've seen it in, like, Mustafar. We've seen, we've seen even Endor. Like, I know it's a forest, but it just gave you that kind of feeling that it wasn't of, you know, nature, like, of our own kind of realm, maybe, in a sense because of the people, the species here, this planet so far is just dry, just nothing apart from some turtles. So Endor, I think, is a bit different because that was... I know we saw Yavin, but even the Yavin was different, but Endor was the first time we'd ever seen, like, a really thick foresty planet. So it felt... I mean, even when I watch Return of the Jedi now, it doesn't really feel like a planet, but it is. It Mm. feels more so of a planet than Tython. Um. But my, I said last week that Peridia looked really good, and you disagree, Jack. But statues look cool. Well, yes. not the same. It just it feels like almost like a wasteland. It feels like this ancient wasteland that hasn't been touched in a long time, which is true because both of its inhabitants travelled the galaxies. Yeah, um, you're gonna hate this. You know, what I'm gonna say it reminds me of Tython, but darker because it's still also got those ruinesque types of structures it's got the same vegetation type on the ground just less water probably uh so you know what i mean it just reminds me of a darker version of that mm. like i'm sorry like i, I know you you like it and i know a lot of people thought it was a different planet but i thought when i was expecting a new galaxy i was thinking something along the lines of like a 
half a planet is like missing or it's like half blown up by like an asteroid or something like something just so out of this world that we wouldn't won't come up with it this is like Saturn but with not Saturn <laughs> like I'm sorry like I can't I can't get behind that and I, and Mark you said what will we do about it but we've seen so many other planets like even Coruscant well, for example that's not real I didn't say what would we do about it but what I'm what I've been thinking while you guys have been speaking is that I for me I feel like we've almost seen every kind of unique thing that there could be like I don't know what like my the my, my the thing I think of is crate from episode eight. That's unique. Yeah, but I don't know. They have to be very creative because I can't think of much new, many new things. Maybe just the inside of crate are unique, crystally plant. Like obviously, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here right now and think about that kind of stuff. But there's so many you could do with it. Like we think of Felucia, for example. We didn't even get to spend much time there, but that was such a floristy, yeah, you know, colorful. You could think of so many little stuff. Like even Dagobah. It's just a massive swamp, but it doesn't feel real. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sorry. I think I think it's almost a bit. No, that's like another one of those Disney writers' excuses. Just like, oh, uh, we don't have any ideas. You could think of something. I think I think Felucia is a pretty good comparison to Peridia, Actually, I mean, mm. minus the the like toxicity of the planet, I think landscape wise, it looks looks and feels pretty similar. No, really, it looks usually different. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred. I think I agree with Jack. That I don't. I don't think they're too similar. This one reminds me of Tython. Just but think of the where Gregor was on the scene stone. Mm. that had those, those ruined stuff. The ground was hilly. It had the little bushes on the ground. It's exactly the same, basically. Mm. You can. I'm sorry. I don't know how you can't see that. I like what I'm, I'm thinking. Maybe is that, and I'm gonna say the turtles do not. The turtle people do not count for what I'm about to say. When it comes to landscapes, which is largely what we've been seeing if they don't feel unique because they feel almost too real if that makes sense maybe they need some kind of very creatively invented civilization Mm. on the planet Mm. and that will make it unique as opposed to just the landscape itself yeah like even even when we went to Jeddah, was it with the destroyed ruins and stuff like yeah that's what that's what yeah that's the example i was thinking of Jeddah and Jeddah city yeah, with sand, but you had uh, like a exactly. city. Yeah. You also had where Saw Guerrero was. You had the broken jet. That mm. is, I'm sick of them just using the excuse of wasteland and just having nothing there because it's a wasteland. You know, and it's so generic. It's post-apocalyptic stuff. Like, come on. Okay, but they have kind of given Everywhere's background to it though. They've they've given background to why it's that the mirrors. Well, I feel like there would be more than just um, big statues. Uh, statues. Yeah, if they actually lived there, like, come on. Like if they had like, if they had actual ruins of cities and towns, maybe like just be... houses or you know yeah. like construction sites or I don't know. I just like even for Andor, for example, when we like even Corellia. Well, let's just make it relevant. Corellia, right? It it's a regular industrial place, right? But I thought it still looked unique. You know what I mean? Like it, stuff like that. Like it's not like I know we're nitpicking about the environments and stuff, but I just you can't. It's harder to connect within the environment and the world if it looks like something so basic and plain. And I think that's where, it, you know, it, it struggled for me a little bit. Like, where we watched Andor with the eye, that obviously was shot in, like, Scotland, I think it was, but it just looked so, you know, different. Like, massive land, hills, and then they had the base across where the reservoir was. Like, it's so cool. Like, just what we've seen in real life, but also not. Like, is this perfect? Perfect, you know what I mean? Like, this one, yeah, I don't know. This didn't do it for me, this planet at all. Yeah, like, I, I think I would agree with that, yeah. The only other negative thing I was going to say... Is it's similar to what we've been saying? I I feel like there's 
How do I say this? Okay. I feel like that we have had a massive missed opportunity in terms of not seeing the other galaxy, but I don't know how they'd incorporate it into the current story. I agree. And I agree with how you, you can't really incorporate it, but maybe it's like maybe something in the future they can explore, you know, different stories, like stories from the other galaxy or something like, you know, tells. I, okay. I, what I'm thinking, Cooper, cause you said you're not sure how they could work it in. I'm thinking if they come up and I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to see it because it's a whole nother galaxy, but if they even just mention that there's another say galactic, uh, political structure in this galaxy, new galaxy, sort of like the Empire or the Republic, but for this other galaxy, I feel like that sort of new world building would make it feel very fresh. Yeah. Then you could almost, it could almost have political conflicts with not just internal galaxies, but across, like it might have the Empire and the Rebels at one point having to like team up to fight against. This is is sounding like a Kang storyline. That's what I was thinking. Think about it. there's so many legends races that haven't been included in canon. If there's like, like a, a collective cult-like people who were so powerful and they just hungry to take over any galaxy, and they came into our one that we're in now, the Empire and the Rebels would have to, you know, band together almost to take out the invading threat. That's like that's crazy. That'd be an unreal story to tell. You know what I mean? Large-scale battles, warfare, visuals, crazy. Mm. Well, mm. Bef- before Ahsoka actually came out, I was actually thinking or kind of theorizing to myself, maybe because Thrawn and Ezra have been gone for, I think it's 10 years, isn't it? Yep. 10 years is a long time. And he could have, I thought there may be some sort of other political structure in this new galaxy and that Thrawn may have tried to make his way up through that one. That would have been so cool to see. That would have been cool. Yeah. I was thinking that he manipulated his way to the top of yeah, the Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought might happen. Well, he he did kind of do that, but it was like within well, not really, but he took he took control of what he had. I don't actually now that I think about it. Well, he didn't really have anything. All he had was what he already started. Yeah, yeah. And the the Night Sisters, I feel like, are not Night Sisters. I don't think they're under him. I think they just want to get away from whatever that is, and also kind of betray him once they're back. I don't think they would. They're calling him Lord and stuff now, but I think they're using him in a way, almost. Yeah, that transport if they want to go, you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thrawn knew that because that's what Thrawn's character is all about. Maybe mm. he's got an interjection plan for it, or even Morgan or something. Might, he might know that she might betray him or something. Mm. You know, something like that. He's thinking about all the options. They're but... using him. He's using them. Who's yeah, really ahead of the other? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys are done with your positives and negatives, I just want to read your comment. I want to get your thoughts. Jack, I've already shared this comment with you, but Mark, I'm curious to see what you think. And this is credit to uh, an Instagram user called Prince JMG. They said, and this is a response to what they thought of the episode. It was a logistical episode that had to happen to tie up loose ends. In many ways, it was a very Andor episode in part by not having much of a mythical, legendary wonderment vibe. This episode had more of a methodical feeling that took more of a real world events approach to it by making Star Wars more tangible in our reality rather than happening in a place far, far away. Isn't that not... Can I comment on that? I think as you were reading it, I disagreed with the first 50%, but I agreed with the second 50% because I did sort of get Andor vibes and I did mention I think that's because of the New Republic part specifically. But as for the tying up of loose ends, I don't think that happened at all. If anything, it's just yeah. 
it's connected things like Ahsoka is with Sabine and Ezra, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't really call that tying up a loose end because we still don't know what's going to happen with them. And same thing with Balin and Shin. If anything, it's just opened it up further because they've split up and we still don't know what now either of them are going to do. Yeah. And also the way it says, oh, it's going methodical. Like, dude, like, yeah, you're right with that, but that doesn't mean it's a positive. And also saying oh. it's something from not out of this world. Like, we're watching Star Wars. It's fictional. It's sci-fi. I don't want to see something that I can see in my world that is tangible. How is that a positive? I agree, that- with the, I agree with them saying they took a methodical approach because yeah, it did feel like that. Yeah, but not, that, I, don't think that, I don't think that's bad. And I, it is. I'm leaning towards it's more of a good thing. I think it's bad. But also, Andor-like style, no. Aside from the start, the last episode was more ne- uh, man, uh, Andor style because it had, what's it called, more political, more building up of stuff. It didn't have action-y sequences. It had, you know, story beats kind of thing, tonal shift. This one, episode six. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how is this one Andor like aside from the start? Like, I'm sorry, my guy, but no, nah, I heavily disagree with that comment. And the way mm. I agree with methodical bits, but I think that's a negative, not a positive. And being something in this world, negative. Why do I want to see something that I can already see in my real world? I'm watching Star Wars. I want fictional sci-fi stuff. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, was, nah. I was just curious. It, it was a comment that I came across that I thought... Uh, you know, it, it's it's a bit different to what... I'm smart, but I think it's not smart. <laughs> I still think this episode, in my opinion, felt more and or like than last week's episode. No way. Because I said yeah. it a few times about last week's episode. I came at it feeling like, I don't know, there was something missing. That's what every but, episode of Andor felt like until you got the whole connected thing, basically. <laughs> well, no, I disagree. Because in this episode, we saw more of the planning and what's going to happen. We knew what was going to happen. They said that last. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I but can't... just because you say it, and this is a point you made before, just because they say this thing's going to happen, they need to show it happen. I know they need to show it, but I'm saying they showed it in the most generic possible way ever. It wasn't unique. It wasn't different. We basically... So why last week we shouldn't have gotten any exposition and just got it this... Can I... Can I give you my example? You say that last week we there was something missing and that was similar to Andor. But I, I don't agree that... I don't know how to word it, but when I think of not knowing the information, say, with the prison arc in Andor, I compare that to Balin and Shin in this and last week's episode because every we know they're up to something, but we don't know what they're up to. They've done it every episode, Bar. <laughs> They've withheld the information. Yeah, but specifically for, like, story-wise, I feel like Balin and Shin. But I feel like last week's episode, when I say something was missing, I don't mean story-wise. I mean more, like, just show-wise as an episode. Yeah, well, no. There was something, because I think it was what I'm saying when I say something was missing. I'm thinking the Sabine scenes from last week's episode I felt like was boring and there wasn't anything to it. But this week I feel like there was. I thought that was more Andor-like, being a slower kind of character, trying to, like, get the development of her and what's happening. You know what I mean? Andor's slow like that. But once it pieces together, it becomes one whole solid thing. I know you... Piecing together, that's exactly my point, because I feel like last week was more from A to B with Sabine, whereas in Andor, there's, like, A, B, C, D, E, and F, and you've got to see how they're all related and get to something. But that... But last week was just Sabine finds turtle people, turtle people tell her where Ezra is, and she finds Ezra. You're simplifying it now. You literally can do that with every episode. <laughs> but, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I can't agree with you, but fair enough, fair enough. I feel like what I'm saying is the exact thing you said last week. Uh, 
Yeah, kind of. About Sabine's bit being boring and nothing happening. I thought Sabine was better in this one because it was less of yeah. her. Oh, no, I think she's no. great. Yeah. Anyway, this, that's right. that, was, that was a very interesting uh, discussion to listen to right there. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Akuba? Oh, uh, 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 I'm kind of in <laughs> the middle. Of everything. You're kind of what? In the middle. I, I mean, I think... I, I don't know. I can't. Well, I need to have fucking... time to think about it, like properly. Yeah. I didn't prepare a thing but about also, it. Like, what defines the Andor style? You know, what I mean, there's so many things that it does. Oh, well, wise, like tone wise, it was more last week. It was more serious, like and you know, what I mean, you can't. It's like that's why I said, the guy saying this episode individually was more and like. No, you can't. Well, <laughs> there. I don't think I've got whatever you just said. Dark, did you say dark vibes or overbearing? Is that what you said? Darker tone vibes. Yeah, in Andor. I don't feel like I'm getting much of that in yeah. the show. Well, that's what I'm um, saying. That's what I'm saying. There's, but I, that's that's where I think you're wrong in a way, because I thought last week had that more of a serious nature, this tension building. We've the seen... only part of last week's episode where I thought that was the same when we first saw Thrawn with all the troopers. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But Yeah, but... but that was just one scene. That wasn't the whole episode. So it's the same with this one. No, I can't. This is just going around in circles. And, yeah, yeah, it time is. To, time, to, time, to, time to finish it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was interesting to listen to, and I'm sure. Look, next week, next week we're going to get some answers. We're like, we're going to either get season two's happening, or we're going to get answers to Balin's story, to what's going to happen with Thrawn, who's going to get back. Yeah. We're going to get answers. Let me tell you what, what I happens. what I do not want to see next week. What I do not want to see next week is I. Well, actually, not either. Both. I don't want to see either of these. Both of these. Shin becoming good. And um, not not hearing what Balin's plan is. Mm, I think you're going to get one of them. I think you're going to get Balin's plan. I don't think Shin's going good. They've, I think no, to... I don't want Shin to go good. I, I don't. Want... No, but no. <laughs> I'm saying you're going to. I'm said only one of them will be right. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I know. But I think I know what you mean. I think you just said it the wrong way around. Yeah, but um, yeah. honestly, I think even on our own community poll you guys can have a look and stuff i think generally speaking i think this is an objective fact and i don't know if you guys will agree it's so yes there's probably more people that like the episode but i think it's still a very divided one though i was about to say that i think it's a very divisive episode more than the others let's just yeah. say generally. the majority of the others were overwhelmingly positive i think this one's a bit more uh, i agree yeah it was good yeah it was good you know okay yep i think um, that's the overall just- take just quickly before we wrap up, um, Mark, you said before, Jack, what do you think? No, not what do you think. What do you not want to happen next week? I agree with both of Mark's points. I also don't want to just see another generic because we're all assuming that they want to, like, I I believe Thorne's going to escape. The goodies aren't yep. going to be able to escape. But then by mm-hmm. the time they do escape with some sort of means through another show, movie, anything, that by the time they come back, Thrawn would already have taken over a section of the galaxy, so it makes it kind of like an endgame thing where they have to band together and take out Thrawn's galactic new empire in the before you know the First Order begins, and then that's how the First Order begins through the remnants of Thrawn's people. And anyway, I just don't want it to be the most generic story beats, and literally it ends with just Thrawn going, "Or they all go." Like, is yeah. it's probably going to happen because it's the most generic and logical thing to happen. But I just don't. I want it to. I want them to do it in an interesting and intriguing and a visually different way than what we just assume is going to be. You know what I mean? 
I was about to say the same thing. And I said what I don't want to see, what I think I will see is definitely Throng getting back. Mm-hmm. As for the other people, Ahsoka, Sabine and Ezra and Ho Yang, I think they will, but I can equally see them not getting back. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm very sceptical of this finale, though. I'm being sceptical. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it because, I th- like I said, we're going to get answers regardless of whether we like them or whether we know what's going to happen. My only thing is I don't want the final shot of the season to be the Chimera leaving hyperspace. Yeah, that would be... Entering hyperspace. That would be we, the worst ending ever. We want to see, we want to see it reach the, back to the original I'm galaxy. showing how long it takes. We know. We're all smart. We know that it takes long to get there. Hang on. It's taken Ahsoka and um, the others... At least an episode to get through. An episode or two, yeah. Oh my god, they're gonna end the series with the Chimera oh going to hyperspace. It's gonna happen, and 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 we're gonna come back here, and I'm gonna be like, "See, guys, I told you the last two episodes were absolute bomb." <laughs> Not in the oh, good way. What, oh my god, I have what I thought this show would be was what it has been now, plus probably next week, as the first four episodes. Yeah, I thought I thought we were gonna get thrown in in our galaxy, causing yeah. havoc, showing like why. Like, they're trying to emphasize that it's hard to get here, takes long to get here, it's not easy to get here, but you don't have to do that over eight episodes. You can either do it in five and have the next three be within our own galaxy. I agree with that. And, and see Thrawn making, making contact with all the little Imperial groups. You could have movies for these things. You can't, unless you want to do animation, you can't have it eight episodes. Or just use more of your budget and go to ten at least or something. Just like, wow. Wow, wow, oh, wow. God, that realization is very scary. Because I, I I think that... Makes the most logical sense for it. It's going to be another, like, 40, 50-minute episode. And just from what we realise, we've still got to see our main characters get back to the Chimera, got to wrap up Balin and Shin's story, and yep. then you got to get them across to the other galaxy. And then it's like, <laughs> that's going to take 40 minutes. Smiling or something, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, it's, it's, uh, that's why I'm sceptical. I'm hyped because... I like some of these characters a lot, but I'm skeptical because of just where we're at in the story right now. Like, yeah, it's just so it's been very slow paced and not in the Andor style since like we already knew there was going to be multiple seasons and stuff. Mm. Andor had one season; it would have suffered greatly. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have had the impact it has. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it's very scary, 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 scary. Anyway, we've got uh, only one more week of Ahsoka left. I can't believe it. Feels like we only started it. Couple couple weeks ago, but like it was two months ago or something, which is almost two months ago, which is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, but you know what? It's you know it's exciting. It's been a good series. I think we can all agree it's probably been the best series of 2023 so far. I forgot the other ones that came Mando, out. Like- Mando, Mando, season three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like, Andor I mean, came. Did it? No, last year. No, Andor was last year. Okay, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, we've still got Skeleton Crew coming out later in the year, but that's another hint on there. Anyway, that's um, that's this week's podcast. Thanks for checking it out, and make sure to hit the like button and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And we'll see you next week for the finale. Very excited. Guys, later. Bye bye. See ya. Thank you.